That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Monday, I'm going to go through the shoes. Tuesday, I'm going to go through the coats and see what I can donate. You know what I mean? I feel like if you break it down, it could be more fun. And you also can have a time in your day that's productive, but also allowing room to do your your personal stuff, working out, going to work, whatever. I'm just sitting here nodding. (laughs) Everything you're saying makes so much sense. Everyone's got their thing. Guys, don't run away. Just stay with us here at the Fanatics Podcast. See the reference I'm making for you Dexter New Blood fans? By the way, if you guys are loving Dexter New Blood and even loving more of these wonderful podcast episodes we're doing with these amazing recaps with directors and writers and all these actors, please share with your Dexter friends and family. Share with anyone you know. Text them. Like, subscribe. All the things. We appreciate it. Your love is our love. It is mutual. And speaking of mutual, I have a deep love for my co-host today, Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. And I have a deep, deep love for you as well. And uh, and for Dexter Newblood. Anybody yes. who's listening knows that I I'm truly a fan. So I agree. This is it's a it's a great little recap interviews, um, whatnot. And here we are to talk about episode seven. Skin of her teeth. Skin of her teeth. Very special, guys. Uh, this is this. We're getting into it, guys. Okay. And by the way, we're going to talk all about Giselle Jimenez, who we have on later in the podcast. Giselle, as you know, is Tess, the bartender. She is such a talent and so wonderful. And we'll get to her in a second. Don't such you a great worry character. About yeah. Yeah. Let's just do a little recap, though. Okay. Episode seven. So, Claire, uh, did we like this episode? Was it exciting, fun? I loved this episode. I loved it because the second it started, we saw Dexter Morgan. He was he has made the full complete Jim Lindsay Dexter Morgan circle and now I feel like he's not he's he's dextering but he's also jimming <laughs> in a way. He's kind of integrated the characters, but to see him back in his crime scene element was something that I didn't realize I missed until I saw him in the crime scene element, you know, not just wandering around, not just like hiding Matt's body and, you know, creating hot chocolate and fires for the staff. He actually is doing what he's so very good at and what also has allowed him to get away with being Dexter for so many decades. And so just in that moment, and I could not help, but, and I mentioned this the last episode, 
Detective Bishop is just turning into the Deb character for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> she is full on. They even started to look alike a little bit to me. Maybe I'm like having Dexter hallucinations. I don't know. Similar but- height, similar hair. Similar height, similar hair, similar like experiences now that she's finding Iris, you know, and strong women. Yes. Strong women with strong, big emotions, which is nothing to apologize for. You know, nothing. But I I loved it. I love the opening. And of course, then this episode really is about Kurt Caldwell and how he's going to get away with what he's going to get away with and how Dexter is going to rectify Kurt's situation, I guess you could say. I don't know. What do you think, David? Yeah. It's just so fun that this is the episode where, you know, I'll get right to it already. Like, well, one, I agree with everything you said, Claire, in that you want to see Dexter Morgan in some level of authority. Doesn't have to be all the time, but it's fun to see him when he's got his, you know, I was going to call him the client, when he (laughs) has his victim sitting... (laughs) Laying down, ready to plunge his knife in, that is a wonderful thing because you want to see him in authority because essentially he's in hiding this entire time. So mm-hmm. to see him in authority moments, taking charge and being asked to, hey, do the thing you do well in the open, you know, mm-hmm. and do the forensics, I'm with you. It's you want to see your protagonist be a pro. <laughs> right. A pro. So, yeah. Right. So seeing now Kurt and Dexter in the jail scene is so great because you want that you it you know and they waited up till uh episode seven and i think that's great and now they're both acknowledging each other and that hey i know what you did i know what you did but we're not saying it out loud but we both know well i mean (laughs) if all the years of voice of dexter voiceovers have taught us anything they've taught us that serial killers can sniff each other out yes so they're like two like wolves doing this little sniffing dance you know what i mean it's great it's great now okay so we realize earlier in the episode that kurt knows that dexter did it because he sends through harrison the titanium pin yes back with uh you know and harrison shockingly to me as a teenage or teenage boy who's on that on the edge with his own dark passenger harrison didn't open that envelope (laughs) He is At a least, respectful young man. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly loves his dad, has no issues. No trust issues, no is, father issues, no trust, trust is issues. big with him. Did you have a guess that that was, the, did you have a guess of what the screw meant when he looked at it or not yet until he, he put two and two together? I didn't. I didn't, I mean. It's a tough one. I don't know. You, you don't one. naturally think of Matt's, uh, you know scar that he had at that you know well i was one. like is it like an ice pick you know what i mean i i wasn't mm. clear on what the object was either however you know when they say once dexter once it's revealed that it's the titanium pen that did not melt in the fire and then you realize kurt is talking about that moment at the end of episode two or three when when Dexter actually picks him up outside the bar I think it's episode three and drives through Matt's ashes and you're like oh my god he knows that was not snow that was his son wowzers pretty macabre huh (laughs) it is it is Is it macabre or macabre macabre I believe you don't say the bruh leave out the bra okay yeah (laughs) drop the bra bra but yeah that's it's pretty dark and, it's but that's dark. what you want out of Dexter Newblood. You don't want it to be 
too much Jim Lindsay. You need a little more Dexter Morgan. And this episode really gives that to you. Well, they've set it up that, you know, because I was actually thinking about this while I was in the shower today and they've set it up. There's no mystery who the quote unquote big bad is this season. And that was revealed early on, you know, episode four, when they showed the exterior of the, you know, cabin, the doors where the runaways would run out and and Kurt would shoot him. You know, there's a tiny little question going into episode five, but pretty much since, you know, we've pretty much known it's Kurt. So it it's going to be a struggle for Harrison these next couple episodes. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be like a battle of like the good serial killer versus the evil serial killer. The good, you know? the good out of practice serial killer, too. Boy, he just right. keeps, we just the whole the whole season's just about him losing step and it, you know, he's getting caught because he's of just that. being a little rusty. You know, he was also always on that sort of like fine line in the original run of the show. You know, he was always like, oops, they're gonna, you know, oops, this piece of evidence, oops, but he was actually in the station so he could tamper with the evidence. Um, so that's also sort of like, he is out of practice, but those close calls are indicative of his character as well. He's just visible enough that, you know, these people aren't just dying natural deaths. They're being murdered, but he's, you know, shaded enough. You don't know it's Dexter Morgan or Jim Lindsay. If that makes sense. This is another Sandy Bookstaver directed episode. And again, I I think Sandy and Marcos's feel of the, of how it looks is always a little different for me. And I love how Marcos just has this more muted tone for me for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And I think Sandy's, I loved what he did. It just felt very, um, what's the word? Textured again. When, you know, this person is putting on the apron and then the mask and we see it's Harrison. Right. getting ready to wash a truck. But it's a great moment of just telling you yes. without telling you that things are transforming. People are changing. <laughs> yes. That was such a weird moment, too, because I, you know, I, I knew he took the job at Caldwell's, but I didn't know there was a truck washing place there. <laughs> Completely unexpected to see it be Harrison and also wondering for the two, three seconds before it's revealed what he's actually doing, you know, like, wow, that escalated really fast for him. (laughs) You did. (laughs) From breaking an arm, which really wasn't addressed very much at all in this episode, except with in the moment with Johnny. Yeah. Well, the teenagers from the wrestling team that he hurt the kid, Mm -hmm. Moose Creek, if I remember Mm -hmm. correctly, I think they came to visit, to take a little visit to him at the truck stop and let him know, you know, hey, no. But then I think dad came up. I think mm-hmm. Dexter's dad was here. And he's like, you don't have to be here. He's like, well, I'm protecting my son. Um, So that happened. Uh, The Iris flashback was interesting. By the way, can we just talk about continuity? Do we think, obviously, that was Kurt being who in the flashback. So I feel like Kurt would have been, if it was 25 years ago, that felt like a, like a 25-year-old Kurt. I feel like we could have upped his age like maybe – Five or ten years, not to make a. Call I think out you're casting, probably but. right. Yeah, no, because he he it, the character was more the age of Iris and yeah. not ten yeah. years her senior. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, that was that was interesting to see that that's where the runaway like obsession of shooting a girl in the back, and I'm still believe we're gonna find a trophy like place in the caves. I mean, the caves it, it's the tip of the iceberg, so mm. to speak, with Iris. We haven't really seen where all the other bodies are that he was so intent on preserving and their facial features and, you know, was so upset when he made the mistake and shot the girl in her eye. They tried to create the prosthetic. 
So well, it's, inter- it's interesting to see this is where this is where his he began his serial killerness. This was the mm-hmm. origin story. This is how he wants to recreate this experience every time. That's a very interesting thing. Yeah, and according to him, it was he was trying to save her. You know what I mean? He was saving her from his father. Now, that probably is not the case, but that was part of his story to the detectives. Also, if we recall, with each of his victims that we've seen in New Blood, he has offered them a job. He has offered them money. He has given them a chance to leave. And when none of those things fall into place, that's when he kills them. So he's also tried to save these other women, maybe only from himself, you know? But he really views, I feel like he views what he's doing as honorable in a way. You know, he is he is taking someone who does not have a good life, in his opinion, and putting them out of their misery. <laughs> it is a, a psychological portrait worth looking at. And I, I'm with you. It's fun to be like, what makes a serial killer tick? And it's it Dexter definitely always likes to figure that out right along with you in a wonderful in the wonderful series that it is. So also we have a moment, I think the first moment where Kurt is kind of like a bit of a bitch, where he as he's leaving the police station after he tells the story about his father. By the way, so much father-son metaphor and theme in this show. It's ridiculous. It's wonderful. yeah. Well, it's um, it's not even a metaphor. It's just out there. <laughs> yeah. It's just this is like the son the sins of the fathers, the sins of the son. Uh and he's like, sorry for your loss. It really is the first time where Kurt normally is actually a very nice person out mm-hmm. and about. Mm-hmm. And so you would think if his father killed this woman. Mm-hmm. And he'd been holding this as a secret. He would have played the part a little better with the chief to be like, hey, I'm again, I'm really sorry. So the fact that he's starting to be like a dick yeah. as just a Kurt Caldwell, non-serial killer, friendly man of town. I was a little like, ooh, I the wonder where The veneer is, is cracking, yeah. you know. Like, I know where it's going, but I'm also like, I wonder where it's going. <laughs> I, I, you know, it was shocking how quickly he cleaned out his kill room. <laughs> He's efficient. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was that was fast work. So I mean skills. Yeah, that is definitely skills. He he is a man of his hands, a Bob Vila of sorts. Claire, if I can make the most amazing transition. Yes. Speaking of cleaning out rooms. Yes. Let's get into our wonderful guest today, Miss Giselle Jimenez, who loves organizing her home. So uh-huh. I don't know quite as clean and efficiently as Kurt Caldwell did. But uh, she, I think, keeps the walls intact. And I think when she organizes her home, the bathtub stays. So that's that's a good thing. So that's, that's what thing. she loves. And you know Giselle, obviously, from Dexter New Blood, as Tess, the bartender slash teacher slash just overall badass. Slash culture. like badass in the search and yep. rescue yep. episode where she's like stomping on a cigarette when Dexter freaks out in his pickup truck. She's <laughs> it's awesome. A, it's a great moment. That's a great moment for her. It really is. Uh, and you've seen her in Divorce on HBO, Neighbors, Tick, Tick, Boom, which is out on Netflix right now. Giselle and I got to really be uh, quite close, actually, in that time. She she would always come up from New York to shoot. And this was a big deal for her, this show, as it was for me and everyone. And she was just so fun and kind to talk to and just all of these great conversations just about life and her uh, boyfriend who is a nurse and just life in New York City. She's a big Broadway 
girl. She oh yeah, she played was... Nessa Rose in Wicked, which yeah. love love Wicked. Love That's me some you, Wicked. Y'all got to check out Tick Tick Boom. So this was a very like non song and dance kind of role for her, and I think she, I think she blew it out the water. That's what I think. I think um, so too. Yeah. So let's uh let's dive. She cleaned house. She cleaned house. Claire Kramer. All, All right. right, I'm not even going to do a transition. Let's just listen to her talk about organizing her home. <laughs> Let's go. Let's face it. People have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Giselle, do you live at the container store? I dream that I live there. (laughs) (laughs) Which section? Oh, the one that has like little compartments, like a container that has like Within a container, there are like little compartments to like organize your items. A container within a container. Within yeah, a like, container. like an inception. Like inception in a container. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're mind melding already. I love it. Okay, before we go any further, a lot of people have a lot of different, I guess, definitions of organization or being organized. What is the Giselle definition of being organized? definition I would say having things the way I like them and the way that I like Mm -hmm. them is organized I'm talking about like for instance example my closet you know I have like all my hangers have to be the same color and uh my tank tops start first it's like spaghetti strap tank top short sleeve quarter sleeve long sleeve and then we get into button downs and then sweaters and then in the back are like my my like big dresses that that go into like the little zipper. Uh, what are those called? The travel? Yeah, little travel bags. Yeah, but for coverlets for dresses. Yeah, and those are in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All you know, protected from being dry cleaned. And <laughs> are the hangers in the same direction? And are the shirts facing the same of way? Of course. Yes. Of course. She already said that, oh, David. Where, come on. I, mean, I, I also. <laughs> in my closet this is just a small uh idea to give you guys um 
I have like a, a shoe organizer and it's like, a, it's like a little door that you open to get what shoe you want. But I like that they have doors because it never smells like shoes in my walk-in closet. Like it just smells fresh. And then you open the door and it's like, you know, and then I have those little um, shoe balls that you can put in your shoes. So it always smells like really nice and clean. Ooh. What is the number one room that benefits from being organized in your home? The number one room that benefits... I would say my bedroom because Mm -hmm. that's where we put like all of our um, sheets and everything, our towels and then our clothes. So my partner and I are are clothes. Um, So I guess like that would be the most like important one. It's like the first thing that you see in the morning and the last thing you see going to bed. Well, my bedroom is spick and span. I mean, like everything has a place and everything is organized. And I feel like when I was younger, I didn't have that um, organization like taught to me. It was more like I was born with it. Like when I was three years old, I my mother would try to make my bed. I'd be like, no, I'm making my own bed, you know, and I would make my own bed. And it started really early on in my life. And it just progressed into a little more uh, than what most people do, you know. I've allowed myself to, like, expand in the sense of, like, letting go. And, like, so sometimes, you know, if if my partner will, like, throw something because <laughs> he's in a hurry because he's a nurse. And so he's working a lot. And so he's in a hurry. He throws something. I'm, like, I breathe in and out. I don't say anything about it. And I just pick it up and like either put it in, you know, wherever it needs to go with a laundry bin or hang it back up if he didn't even wear it. Um, But that's not to say that he's not respectful of my organization or cleanliness because he does try his best to accommodate me as much as possible. And your system. Yeah, my my system. Yeah. And. (laughs) He's living in your world. He is. And he like usually makes fun of me a little bit, but like the fact that he respects it enough to like still help me out and and do things that make me feel good it really means a lot to me for instance like I understand that a lot of people are like why make the bed if I'm gonna go back in the bed right but for me it's like before I go to bed like after a shower like I want to be in like crisp like sheets that like weren't wrinkled and it's like you open it and it's like ah like it's just you know and and if it's all scrambled and like wrinkled it's like it doesn't make me feel good. I don't know why. No, I am with you. I've okay. made yeah, my too. bed every day of my yeah, life. And too. there's an old saying, like, my mom used to tell me, messy bed, messy day. You yeah. know, so. <laughs> but also, like, that falls into, like, the day, right? Like, so, like, if you're unable to organize things, like, I have a friend who has this, like, bag, and I just want to organize it so much. And she's things are always falling out of it. And she's always, like, digging and searching. And, like, the time wastes because she's going through this. And she's stressed. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, like, I never had that issue because I have my purse has a compartment. And I have an organizer that I got from Amazon that I put in my tote. And, like, so I'm not, like, stressed out. It's more about the stress of looking for things that I don't, I can't take. I am so with you. I need you to come to help me. <laughs> I am the I, friend that comes over and folds your clothes if they're it, on the bed clean. It's not me. It's my four kids that I can't get to like do anything. And this, you, everything you're saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. Giselle, I need you to come over and train my children for me because <laughs> the, the amount of the amount of restraint that you show by not yelling at your partner when he just like drops something, I don't have that anymore. <laughs> 
Good luck, Giselle. She's got four of them. And they all I have their that. own ideas. Well, it's, oh, well, I mean, I don't have any children, but I do have a dog and he's part German shepherd, part Australian cattle, and he sheds crazy. I'm talking like every single day I have to vacuum the apartment just, but the good thing is, is that when people come over, they're like, it looks like you don't own any pets. Like, that's what they say. Yeah. Like, I would never know that a dog lived here, but that's because it's like, he does that. Like, he'll just, you know, shake and like hair flies everywhere and he always brings his toys out and like, like middle of the night, I'm stepping on a squeaker toy or a bone or something. So like, I'm, it's just kind of like, all right. Like if I'm like out, my foot hurts with whatever, I'm like half asleep, picking up toys, putting him in his dog bin, his toy bin. Cause he can't pick. I mean, I haven't trained him yet to be able to pick his toys away. Have you ever gone to someone's house, seen a mess and just been like, excuse me, do you mind if I, if it's a close friend of mine, I don't, I'm just like, Hey, I'm going to clean your room. And they're always like, Oh my God, you're amazing. You don't have to, but thank <laughs> you. Like they're always like, cause they know that I'm like, trust me, it's, it's not necessarily for you. It's really for me. So that if I'm going to be in your house and sit on your bed, <laughs> I need to sit on a bed. That's like, doesn't have a bunch of stuff on it. Like, you know, I it's don't want to self care for you. It is like, I'm like, if I'm going to spend time here, I want to feel comfortable as well. How many people's houses or homes have you done that to? A lot think? of close friends of mine. Yeah. But I would never, I would never, ever, ever open my mouth if I was in a place that it was my first time there, even my second time. And I didn't really know them. I wouldn't say a word because I, I'm very respectful to everybody I know. I was raised to treat people the way you want to be treated. So like, even though I have, you know, my ways or set ways, I am understanding that everyone's different. I do understand that. And I do respect everyone. But internally. Internally, it's like, oh, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah, it's like, it's like I have to, like, think of other things or distract myself. Um, yeah. So I've, I've already in this podcast made an observation that your the Giselle system seems to be based around compartments within spaces and maybe smaller compartments and smaller compartments. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah. How micro do you go with the organization? I mean, how do you delineate like the color of your scrunchies or your hairbands? Do you separate by color or just by hairband? Like how deep does it go? I don't separate the colors of the headbands. Not that deep. I, I do have a bag that is, that has a certain type of scrunchies in it. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm looking for the big, like if I'm looking for these thick kind of scrunchies, um, how would I describe this so people know what I'm talking a, a about? A big scrunch, a normal scrunchie, a scrunchie. Like, like you are like the 80s. A fabric kind of scrunchie. Fabric yeah. scrunchie, yeah. So those are all like in a zipper, like small toe and like that's there. So that if I want that one, I know exactly where to go to get it. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I have all of my hair things in one place, then I'm scooping around, especially if I'm late. I want to grab it and go. I don't want to have to be searching. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it causes stress, which I just try to avoid all the time. <laughs> Giselle, I want to go back to the origin story, if you will, because I'm, I'm, you gave us a taste that, you know, your mom would say, honey, make your bed and you would, it would already be made. Do you think the home you were in was very messy or was life a little chaotic around you? So you created your own way of order? Well, I would say as a kid growing up, uh, you know, I, I had a part time, like, so I had 
winters with mom and summers with dad. When I was born, they, uh, a few months after they had separated. And so during the winter time, like when I was with my mom, every Saturday we would do family cleaning day and we would all have a responsibility and we would put music on, we would make it fun. Either like I would polish the wood, my brother would dust the apartment, my mom would vacuum, my other brother would wash the pots and pans, which everyone hated that one, the pots and pans one, because <laughs> she never soaked them. So it was always like, you oh, have yeah. to like put your back into scrubbing. And I'm like, <laughs> I've, I learned that. Like I always soak my, after I cook dinner, I always soak the pots or put a little bit of, of that Dawn and like let the water just kind of make it easier because then it's going to also take away the nonstick Anyway, let me not right. go into that. <laughs> I'm with you. <ya. laughs> um, but yes, we, that was that was the plan. And then my dad was a little more old school because, you know, he was born and raised in Cuba and he came to America when he was in his teens. So his point of view uh, was very traditional, uh, you know, women clean, which, you know, obviously he knows that that things have changed and that that is not a thing that we in America live by, but it did take a little bit of time for him to understand that and and realize that. But before he was able to, uh, whenever I was with him, like I had to do everything. So like my brothers were watching Dragon Ball Z and like, I only got to like do like glimpses of the the episodes because like I was doing laundry and I was cooking and I was cleaning and like everyone's mess. And then when I went to, to school, I was talking with friends of mine and I was asking around getting points of view because I had never really asked anyone this. And a lot of my friends were like, no, my mom does that. My mom does that. And I was like, okay, well, I lost my mom when I was 13. So I had to like full-time live with dad. And I was like, all right, well, I don't have that anymore. So what can I do to make this better for me? Because this is insane and so I wrote him a letter we, we didn't really communicate back then verbally as well as we do today but I wrote him a letter and I said this is America and you know I've learned that we all have to uh, be responsible for our our own messes but also help each other out and work together and it was kind of corny but like it, I meant it and yeah. he, he wrote a letter back to me and gave it to me and it was, and he apologized. He was like, you're totally right. I shouldn't have done that. Um, and yes, we do have to do our part. And that's how that, you know, beautiful conversation developed and blossomed. And, you know, I started being like my, like telling my brother, like, wash your own stuff. Like you're doing wrestling. I don't want to clean your nasty gym clothes. Like you do it and you learn how to do it. And so like stuff like that, that like we were able to work out and figure out. But I mean, like, even reorganizing furniture. Like I, I would do that sometimes because like, my, my dad didn't really let me go out too much. Also, I was very sheltered. So like, um, and I lived in the boondocks. So no one ever wanted to pick me up to go out. Like they were like, Hey, Giselle, we're going to go to the movies. And I'm like, can anyone pick me up? Cause like I lived in Miami and I was in Homestead, like right before the keys, no one wanted to ever pick me up. So a lot of the times I would just be like, you know what? we need to change my room. And I would just like change like the, the furniture around and just so I could feel like something's different in, in the atmosphere that. that I'm staying in. But yeah, that I guess is making the I think best that you, of- you kind of like everything you just said encapsulated like why you love 
to be organized and keep things like really neat now is like, A, you can control your own environment and B, it's less stressful, you know, and I love the fact that you wrote your dad a letter. That's yeah. so, and that he responded that way. That's yeah. like melting my heart. I'm, yeah, I'm I was happy too for scared you. to like say anything because like my dad has like this permanent angry look on his face. Like it, it's to the, he's 65 or 66 now. And like, he has like that like wrinkle mark between his eyebrows. Like that just stays there now because of all the years that he just looked angry. <laughs> So, so it was like I just didn't want to I didn't want to talk to him in person like that. Do you was, go like help him organize out of joy now? Whenever I go visit, I always like I'm like, oh, come on, dad. Like, you know, I'll I'll yeah. like, fix things because you know he he still works a lot. And um, so he doesn't have as much time uh to do the things that he would want to do. So whenever I do go visit him, yeah, I'll just like do a deep clean and be like, Dad, don't forget, don't forget. Forget. Well, I love when you first send that letter. You talked about, you know, life's messy. I love how mess and clean for you is like a metaphor for inner world, outer world. And it really is for all of us. But I really like how you're walking it out. All right. How much is it about the cleaning and the organizing and actually getting your hands in? Or if you could just snap your fingers or twitch your nose bewitched style and it could just all go exactly where it needed to go would you do it yeah you wouldn't it's not about the process if you could just snap your fingers and everything would be therapeutic so me me cleaning something is going to help um something that maybe i'm frustrated about or possibly impatient about Mm -hmm. that can help me distract and and you know switch gears for a moment or two but if I had the ability to like genie it and like make make it perfect I could probably like learn guitar or like you know I'm saying like pick up an actual hobby and learn something like I I, I, for the longest time I've been wanting to buy um a sewing machine because like I love fashion so much and I have so many ideas and every time I look online for something I'm like but they should have used this fabric because it would look better. So I'm like, if I'm thinking this way, like, why don't I try to make something that like I can rock that I feel like is Giselle. And, but like, I don't have time to be sewing and doing all that stuff because I have a dog and, you know, my, my partner is a, a night nurse. He works, you know, 10 hours a day. And, and so like, if I'm home, that is my job because as soon as I'm the going blue back, hang, there's a blue hanger amidst the sea of red hangers. How did he get there? <laughs> well, he has his own colored hangers and I have my own colored hangers. I love that. How much is it about sifting through and getting rid of stuff versus mm. organizing and keeping? Like, how do you know where you need to downgrade items and where you just need a better system to organize? Do you burn and purge? I don't purge, but I constantly like get rid of things um, because because I, I I take care of my like, for instance, like my clothes. I, I read all the labels and I follow all the directions. So they've lasted me a long time. But because of that, you know, every year I go through my clothing and I'm like, all right, what can I get rid of? What can I donate? Um, even though it's in great condition, I've had it for five or six, seven yeah. years let me let go of it and somebody else can can use it because it's still good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do do that for sure. I don't wear uh, sneakers longer than six months. 
Uh, but that's because I went to a foot doctor and he was like, did you know that your, your toe bones are underdeveloped? And I was like, what? <laughs> Who says that? And no, like, why would anyone tell me? I know. I, I don't know. I didn't know that. He's like, well, you gotta, you gotta invest in, in shoes and you can't wear them longer than a certain time because, you know, and when you get older, you're going to have foot issues and all this stuff. So like in that respect, I'm, yeah, I'm nobody right. wants foot issues. That's, no that's not something we I'm want. Connect, hold on. I think I know why, if I'm connecting this with your life. You played Nessa Rose in Wicked, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. And her co- and her toes curl up as she dies under the house. This is it. You should never have gotten that role. <laughs> Damn that role. <laughs> Damn that role. No, you should definitely have gotten that role. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So has there ever been a moment where you had such a nice day, you organized, you cleaned, and then at the end of the day, you're like, fuck, I just threw out my family heirloom, or oh no, my partner just, I threw out that, or someone called you and was like, um, you organized my closet, it's great, but I can't find my keys. Okay, well, in one instance, like, whenever my partner does our laundry, like, if I'm working and he's doing our laundry, he'll call me, like, every second, like, where does this go? Does this go in a mesh bag? Whatever. And I'm usually like, if you don't really know, just leave it alone and don't touch it and let me take care of it. Because I'd rather I do it than you ruin something that's very expensive. And what am I going to do? So in that respect, you know, like, he'll do the laundry and he'll, like, try to put my things away. But he never seems to learn where things go. Like, I'll find underwear, like, in my workout bin. I'll find socks in my bra bin. And I'm like, how does that make sense? Like, I I literally come to him and I'm like, did you even think about this? Or did you just put it somewhere? Like, I'd rather you just leave it on the table and let me put it away than me have to hunt and re, like, fix everything that you just tried to do. Because I know where all your things are. You know, mm-hmm. Claire's um, nodding. But yeah, he's just like he just like he. But to me, again, to me, he that is trying, and you know the fact that he folded them and put them away to me that's enough. One sooner or later, he will learn like where things go. But I have the patience for that because he was able to have the patience to learn that I like things folded and I like you know stuff a certain way. So. Do you do the three shirt fold or the two? Um, let me see. One, two. Yeah, three. Yep. <laughs> I do the Oh yeah, let's let's get into it then. So okay. Marie Kondo, home edit. Are we watching okay. any of these organizing shows? Are they a happy place for you? Or are you disagreeing with these people at every step of the way? As soon as I saw it, I like rolled my eyes. I don't know why. 
I guess because like, I'm like, dang, like she found a way to profit off of like something that she loves to do. Like, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think it was more like me just being jealous that like, (laughs) she's like teaching people how to clean to me when I thought like, oh, I thought everyone was like, could learn this or it was like that easy, you know? They even have like easy, they have like a, a folding, like a tool that will do the three fold for you without you doing anything but using that tool. Like that's how easy it is for people to have organized things. That's why when that came on, I was like, I hate her. Do you agree <laughs> with her system of throwing like everything in a pile? It seems scary to me. That seems like the the like the opposite of how you would want to start organizing. Wait, Claire, could you expand on that for those of us who don't know the Marie Kondo pile. Well, I don't thing. know her system very well. I have not done her system, but I do know enough to know that it starts with like purging everything. Let's say you're doing your bedroom closet, taking everything in your closet, absolutely everything, and throwing it in a pile on your bed. And then I guess you're supposed to pick it up. And if it brings you joy, you put it back in the closet. And if it does not, then you donate it or discard oh, yes. it. This is the spark joy moment. Does this yeah. item of clothing, does the sock spark joy, spark for, you, joy for you? Yeah. You had a memory of it. It was a positive experience. Otherwise it goes, okay. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> and the only time I've ever done that, and it probably because I've never been messy is when I'm moving into a new place. Mm-hmm. So when I'm moving into a new place, I take my time to move in and I don't put things away unless I'm certain that this is where I want it. And then whatever I feel like is left in that pile, I either donate or trash it. So in a way I do, I have done that, but I feel like taking everything in the pile, it might be very time consuming for most people because people need to work. And so I feel like increments make more sense. Like I feel like Monday, I'm only, I'm only going to go through um, cause my, for instance, my aunt, she owns, she owns like 50 or 60 pairs of shoes. And like, every time I go there, I'm like, let's go through your shoes and see what you're not wearing so we can donate these. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like that's how you could do it. Like Monday, I'm going to go through the shoes Tuesday. I'm going to go through the coats and see what I can donate. You know what I mean? I feel like if you break it down, it could be more fun. And you also can have a time in your day that's productive, but also allowing room to do your your personal stuff, working out, going to work, whatever. I am just sitting here nodding. <laughs> everything you're Preaching saying makes so much sense. It It's too much. I was just thinking this this morning when I was doing a load of laundry and I was looking at the shelf next to my washer dryer and it has like different compartments in it. And I, you know, they're supposed to be organized. Like this is the kid's medicine. This is the, you know, uh, sunscreen. Here's the bug spray. Here's the hair stuff. It's not organized. That's all like every bin. And I'm like, it's too much to think about like all, I just need to take like one a day, do it and then move on. So you're absolutely right. I think most people who aren't organized, which is someone like me, I want to be organized. I really want that, but I don't have either the time or the skill set, inherent skill set like you have, or, you know, the energy, I guess, to do it. So I think just taking those little projects one by one is very good advice. Yeah. And then if you, if you, if you have small increments of the project, then you feel more inspired to continue as Mm -hmm. opposed to, it's the same thing with 
everything you start, like for instance, like working out, I was like, Oh, but it's so hard to go to the gym. It's like, yeah, the hardest part is going to the gym. Once you're there, you're like, ah, whatever, I'm almost done. So it's like, and, and if you do like little by little, you're more likely to continue being active. But if you just like, you know, join berries and you're just like, ah, and you're like pumping through for a month. And then like the next month, you might not work out for a whole month because you're like, oh, but I'm so sore from berries. And it's like, you're, you do, you did too much. And now your body's going to be like, mm-hmm. nah, I need a break. And it's even with food moderation is like, is what yes. we as human beings, like, We need that in order to thrive. But it seems like to me with your friends, with your family, your father, your aunt, you've mentioned like what you're doing is actually a gift. You're like giving people like instead of bringing a casserole or flowers or a bottle of wine, you're like, here I am and I'm going to help you out with my own skill set and my own two hands, you know, and I just I love that about you. You're an amazing friend and niece and daughter and sibling, everything. That's that's so awesome. Really quickly, let's talk about a couple different things. I'll just I'll say like an item and you tell me how you would organize it, okay? Okay. Okay, so like you're wearing I love your hat. I I have tons of hats in my family. How do you organize your hats? I have a bin for my hats and then I have like either a bin cover or like a cover. So that way when I open my hat bin, it's not all dusty. And this is, this has been through trial and error. Cause I used to have like a hat rack that I would mm-hmm. hang my hats, but after a while they would accumulate dust. Yes. And I was like, it was just another thing that I had to clean. So I was like, how can I avoid these hats collecting dust, but still have them ready to go when I want to wear a hat? Okay. I'll just cover the top of it. So all I have to do is clean the top of that lid that collected mm-hmm. the dust in, in whichever um, closet is it's in. I love it. Okay. So this is again, a couple of rapid fire questions. How do you organize your makeup? Um, I have like eyeshadow in one, <laughs> in one little tote. I have, is tote the right term? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have, Own it. yeah. So I have, uh, lipsticks and anything with lips in one case. I have eye things in one case. I have, um, what is it called? Uh, liquid foundation. I don't really wear foundation that much, but liquid foundation in one case. So that way I know exactly where to go for what I need. Again, I'm not like digging, going through digging. Yeah. You're not a gopher going through, going through your makeup. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Loading the dishwasher. This is something that my partner is working on. He sometimes will put a dish without rinsing it into the dishwasher. And I'm like, do you understand that food can get caught in there? It can get caught in the pipes and it can create, cause a smell. It can cause damage to the piping. It's like pollution. Like you have to make sure that you take, remove all of, and it's like with the napkin that you were eating with, just use that napkin, wipe off the excess crumbs into the trash, mm-hmm. rinse it, and then oh, put it in the so dishwasher. There's so many people out there though who are like, well, then what's the point of the dishwasher? Because- I should throw the whole thing in. I shouldn't have to- pre-wash the dish. This is, there are two types of people in the world. I'll tell you now, why. I'm not going to tell you which one I am because I actually don't know. I don't own a dishwasher. But I'll, this I'll is tell a you. Point. The, 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 the luxury of having a dishwasher is saving water. So if you were to put a load, a full load into a dishwasher, you're saving like 500 gallons in one cleaning session where not everybody has the obedience 
of filling up a little bit of water, turning it off, scrubbing it, waiting until it's all scrubbed, rinsing it. People don't have that kind of um, They just let the water run. They let it mm-hmm. run and it wastes a lot of water. So for me, that's one of the reasons why I use it. Um, I recently moved to Jersey. So it's the reason why I have the, that luxury. When I lived on the Upper West Side in New York, we never even dared try to use that old dishwasher because we were like, who knows how ancient or what the heck is in there. So we did, we kept that thing closed and we did hand wash everything. But again, like I, I found ways. So if you don't have a dishwasher, you just like fill up like a, a little bucket of water and soap, and then you can just dip those items and scrub them. But what I like with the dishwasher, not only does it conserve water, but also the the heat, like the the hotness of the water is is almost to boiling steaming point where um, if you're washing, even if you have gloves on, you're not you, you can't, can't get really, it that hot. Yeah. You can't because it'll burn yourself. You like you'll be like, ah, this is too hot. But I feel like the like um, in any in any situation, boiling water kills germs, kills bacteria. And and again, that is one of the reasons why I, I enjoy using it because it does those kinds of jobs. OK, last one. This is and there's there's two of you, but maybe you have, you know, guest toothbrushes. How do you organize your toothbrushes? That can get gross if you don't have the right system. If your toothbrush is in your bathroom and there's two people living there, there's going to be two showers um, in the morning and then there's going to be two showers at night if you're that person who showers twice a day, right? That's like a lot of moisture. Even if you have your vent fan on, moisture grows bacteria. And so for me, I change my toothbrushes like once a month because I don't know what wet stuff is growing in there, what bacteria and then I'm putting in my mouth, even like flushing the toilet. Like I close the lid and I flush the toilet because I don't want any particles, but my partner doesn't. He'll just flush the toilet and leave it open. So in those cases, I'm not going to be a, a police, you know, I'm not going to be patrolling him like, hey, close the toilet lid. Like I'm just going to change my toothbrush once a month. So I feel clean and comfortable we have a we are also fortunate with a his and her sink so he he has his thing and I have mine um so you know we keep that you know separate Giselle this was a total pleasure uh mean clean lean machine of a podcast (laughs) I uh Claire and I love to end every podcast with a love letter if you'd be so kind as to uh speak out a love letter to cleaning and organizing your home. Uh, and if you'd love to start it, please, with uh, Dear Organizing My Home <laughs> and end it with this. Love, Giselle. Thank you so much. Dear Spill of Organizing, I appreciate that you exist because without you, I would have a lot of chaos and a lot of mess in my life. And because of this crazy career of acting that I chose to partake in, there's enough stress of that. Thank you for eliminating a percentage of that in my day and making me feel comfortable and happy and bringing joy to my life. Love, Giselle. (laughs) Beautiful. We can close the closet door of this podcast and know that every hanger is exactly where it's facing the right way. (laughs) I really related to the whole, are you clean or are you 
organized because my wife is very clean, but not necessarily the most organized. And I am very organized, but not necessarily the most clean. I can let dust bunnies go. How do you feel, Claire? (laughs) I am neither exceptionally clean nor exceptionally organized, but I am a bit of a germaphobe because Mm. I related to the part where Giselle was talking about having to shut the toilet seat before she flushed. And I am a toilet seat shutter before flusher type of person. And it is because I was cursed with seeing an episode of Shark Tank when Shark Ah. Tank was on where the product, the, the first part of their pitch was like, when you flush, thousands of bacteria leave the toilet and escape all through. And their whole product was about keeping all the bacteria that jutted out of the toilet whenever you flushed it in the toilet. So since that episode, I'm like, shut the toilet. It's not so much with the boys about, you know, putting the seat up, putting the seat down. I'm like, just shut the lid, shut it, keep it all in there, shut it and then flush. Just like on an airplane. I think it's so disgusting if I go into an airplane bathroom and someone has not shut that toilet lid before they've flushed because that suction, there's such an intense, you know, system of, of suction and you could, you could fall in there. velocity going on with the airplane <laughs> bathroom system that I don't even want to know about. Anyway, I was, I really want Giselle to come. And I said this on the podcast and I said it after the podcast and I'm saying it again. Now I want her to come help me organize. <laughs> I want her to do that as well for you, Claire, but I'm, I know you're doing a beautiful transition and we're moving on to something else. You, I have to firmly now plant myself in you are blowing my mind with all of this bacteria coming out of a toilet. That's, I did that's not why know when this she said, like, I replace go. the toothbrushes every few, every month, I'm like, oh, I got to go right now. I'm going to Rite Aid as soon as we're done. I'm replacing all the toothbrushes because I finally got a system for the toothbrushes in my house. There's quite a few. And, you know, also extra toothbrushes for the animals. So several Lots of toothbrushes, but I got a system where they're wall mounted, but the bottom is open. So it doesn't like, you know how sometimes if you have a flat toothbrush holder, the bottom will get like all that congealed. Oh yeah. The worst. Gross. That gray, like we we need a name for what that is. That gray, weird, like some minty saliva. Petri dish of doom. So that doesn't happen anymore because I did find on Amazon, which I love these toothbrush holders that are adhesive to the wall and they they have an open bottom. So I'm happy to share that with everyone. I'll share that on Twitter. That is my suggestion for toothbrushes. Well, that is a perfect way to start your day. And hopefully this podcast was a perfect way to end your day. Or if you're getting going, I hope it was a great way to start your day too. This is like bedtime fodder for people. (laughs) Uh, We had a great time with Giselle. I hope you guys did as well and didn't mean to rhyme, but it happened. And we'll see you guys for some more Dexter fun next week. That's right. We will be back. Uh, And the show is so good, David. Thank you. Thank you for being on it. (laughs) You are most welcome. Hey, guys, before you go, next week coming up, we have Alano Miller coming on to Fanatics. And he's going to be talking about the future of technology. Of course, you know Alano from Dexter Newblood. You may also have caught him in one of my favorite shows, Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, He was the lead in Cherish the Day. Of course, Jane the Virgin and Underground. So come on and join us next week for Alano Miller talking about the future of tech. 
thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. There are certain truths about life. Like salmon swims upstream and snowflakes are unique. And every hanger has its own color. Don't F with Giselle's system. Don't F with Giselle's system. I want her system. I want it so bad. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Enhance your listening experience with Wondry Plus. Enjoy ad free listening, exclusive content, binges, and more. Join Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or on Apple Podcasts.